Welcome to the Fear and Greed Business Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. Australia's wine industry has had a rough few years. In 2020, China, our biggest trading partner, put crippling tariffs on our wines, which saw the sector scrambling to find new export markets. And while they've been pretty successful at doing that, producers have been left with a massive oversupply of wine, in some cases anyway. A report from Rabobank earlier this year revealed Australian winemakers have an estimated $2 billion litres of wine in storage, equivalent to about 2.8 billion bottles. Analysts warn it will take years to work through the glut. So where to from here for the industry? Will we see China return as the main overseas market for our wine? And if not, how does the sector recover from its oversupply challenges? Mark Allgrove is an advisor to wine businesses through Evans and Ayres across the country. Mark, welcome to Fear and Greed. Thank you, Sean. Glad to be here. I think we know how big a hit the China decision was to the industry. How has it recovered? Where's it up to now? And we appreciate that these tariffs might be coming off, but where's the industry at the moment? Well, the industry is in a very difficult place, Sean, and I think China has probably highlighted some of the structural issues of the industry, but is not the sole cause of the, the position we find ourselves in. Obviously, as you've mentioned, significant oversupply, challenges both in the domestic and international markets and a real need to review the structure of the industry, the sustainability of the industry, ultimately the profitability of the industry and, and where it wants to be in the next 20, 25, 50 years. So how did we get here though? Was it just over planting? Was there not some broad based strategy about the industry 10 years ago? Why did we end up where we did? Well, I think like any situation, Sean, the road to damnation is always paved with good intent and there's been yep. great intent with industry with great people leading it if you go back to 1996 when strategy 2025 was launched the supply target detailed in strategy 2025 was achieved in the year 2000 so only four or five years after the strategy was launched and ever since that time we've been struggling to continue to position our offering at the premium end of the market while also selling wine in the 12 months between each vintage. And so really short-term rational thinking along the way has trumped long-term strategic thinking, and that has been to the, the detriment or the challenge of the industry. Okay, so the glut we have now, how much can we put that down to losing export markets, i.e. China, which I think you're saying here, Mark, as much about overplanting and uh, overproduction as it is about losing China? Well, I think like any of these situations, Sean, it's a combination of a number of issues and exacerbated or intensified by the loss of the China market. So one of the challenges of the industry is that it is an industry that produces every year. And if your tanks are full and your barrels are full and you need to clear that storage space for the incoming vintage, then you need to make decisions which impact the profitability of your business, impact the brand position of your business and your industry and make it more challenging the next time around. So how successful has the sector been at finding new markets? So I appreciate what you're saying there, but that's a pretty good incentive to go and find new markets or even increase exports to existing markets. How well have we done in the last year or so? I think we've done pretty well, but the reality is that major markets like China, um, like Rome, weren't built in a day, and they're the result of you know many, many years of relationship building of investing in a market, of visiting a market, of presenting your product, of building your reputation. And you can't just switch off from one market, specifically or especially one the size of China, 
and find another equivalent within 12, 24 months. Stay with me, Mark. We'll be back in a minute. I'm speaking to Mark Allgrove, an advisor on the wine business through Evans and Ayres. What about domestic demand? Are we drinking more or less than we used to of local wines, of Australian wines? Well, domestic demand is also challenged. The domestic market is also challenged by the retail duopoly and access to the consumer. Some interesting statistics. In 2020, September 2020, the domestic market was effectively 362 million litres and it was growing in value and volume by 8% and almost 5% respectively. Now in 2023, that volume has dropped to 334 million litres and falling in value and volume by 5% respectively. So not only are we challenged by the access to the consumer, we're challenged by some consumer consumption trends, but we're also challenged by the influx of wine that was previously sold in international markets like China, putting price pressure on what is on offer here in Australia. Okay, so what's the solution to all this, Mark Orgrove? Is the sector in trouble for a few more years? Is there enough thinking about the next decade? The solution is not an easy one, and if I knew the answer to that, we would be putting it in play. I think the industry is challenged for a number of years. I think the industry needs to look at itself and how it gathers the data on itself and how it deploys that data, both domestically and internationally. It does need more thinking. It needs strong leadership. It needs strong representation, and it needs the courage to make some strong decisions if it is going to remain an icon industry for Australia, a tourism industry for Australia, a regional industry, and all the other elements that bring great value to Australia through its wine industry. How do you do that, though? Is it up to the sector itself to get together? And, I mean, a very competitive industry as well. So we're talking about the Australian wine industry, but there are tens of thousands of employees in that sector, I'm guessing. There's certainly hundreds of producers, probably thousands of producers. So actually getting together isn't that easy. Is it a role for government to step in? Is it a role for a peak body? Who should be taking the reins with this? There are a number of players, as you say, in the industry with over two and a half, almost 3,000 wine producers spread across a large country in an industry that's really polarised between large businesses at one end, almost 20-odd businesses that represent roughly 75 or 80% of production and the rest that are artisan producers in regional Australia. And gathering those differing opinions, those differing needs and wants is a very challenging thing. On top of that, representation is at both national, state and regional level, is quite fragmented beyond that through winemakers and grape growers. And it will take strong leadership, I think, from the industry probably supported by government, but led by industry, to map out what the industry wants itself to look like. And that can only come from industry. It can't be pushed upon it or enforced upon it from government. It has to be something that's led by industry so that it charts its pathway to where it wants to be in the future. And is that happening at the moment? Is there some sort of peak organisation, at least talking to the 20 majors, about what's going on? There's always conversations going, and yes, the answer to your question is there is Australian Grape and Wine and Wine Australia that are continually talking to the majors and, more broadly, the industry. But I think there's probably a lack of courage in the industry to make some really difficult decisions. There's roughly, depending on the estimates, 30% oversupply or over uh, planting in the industry, and the pathway out of that 
needs to not be targeted at one specific region, one specific variety. It needs to be a visionary strategy that's implemented across the whole industry. What about wine tourism? So my hometown is Orange in central west New South Wales. And when I grew up there, we didn't have a wine industry. It is a totally different town on the back of many things. But one of the chief changes in Orange is the development of an incredibly vibrant wine industry. I understand wine tourism, but it's almost I'm trying to get your take on what it means for towns and communities, because we're talking about regional Australia here. We're not talking about the big cities, but certainly in the Orange example, it's changed the mood of the town almost. Well, that's a very good observation, Sean, and Orange is one of the standout areas that are succeeding in these difficult times. Tasmania is another one. Margaret River is also performing well. Tourism is a key component, not only to the wine industry, but to what the wine industry provides to Australia and to regional communities through destination creation, through employment, through investment in the economy of those regions. So tourism and being able to create markets for your wine directly with consumers is hugely important to the wine industry. So if we sum January 1, Mark, what is it that you want to see? I mean, I know you've been speaking, but like, what's that very first step? Is it someone from one of the majors ringing up another person and saying, hey, let's talk about this? The future requires a lot of thought. It requires a lot of courage. And that needs to be in place now. We are often being told to not waste a good crisis. And I think most people in the wine industry would accept that we're in a crisis. If we don't think about what needs to be done, and as you say, take action with the courage that's required, then we run the risk of that crisis turning into a catastrophe. So January 1 or today or even yesterday, we need to be sitting down, charting the way forward, but more importantly, putting in place the actions and having the courage to put in place those actions that will ensure the wine industry continues to thrive into the future. Mark, thank you for talking to Fear and Green. Pleasure. Glad to be here. That was Mark Allgrove, an advisor to wine businesses across the country through Evans and Ayers. This is the Fear and Greed business interview. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's best business podcast. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day. (laughs) 